Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with Lord Meme Drewby Wilson. He is a loving husband and father who pushes himself to live in excellence so he can set an example for those around him. At one point in his life, he weighed over 300 pounds before getting focused on his health and losing more than 100 pounds without fad diets or weight loss drugs. An action taker with his finger on the pulse who focuses on service to others above all else, leading him to produce more than seven figures in revenues no matter what industry he has worked in. Not one to turn away from a challenge, he looks to get out of his comfort zone as much as possible. Enjoy this interview. Well, man, it's great to meet you. I want to begin with something that was very energetically like shifted everyone four years ago going on now, the pandemic began. How did you get through it and how did it change you? Man, that's such a great question. So for me personally, uh, my wife and I had literally just moved to Texas about six months before everything kicked off. And, you know, long story short, her and I had been going through our personal journey, understanding, you know, my growth and entrepreneurship and just kind of navigating. We had a young son. And honestly, when everything went on, um, we were kind of at the brink of almost leaving each other and, and getting out of the relationship and getting locked in together and having to literally spend all of our time working on each other, working on ourselves. I'll tell you, man, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to our relationship. Yeah. And within, you know, like getting that part of our life fixed, it also allowed me to really focus in on my business and, and growing there. And it's interesting when I found a good, we'll call it balance between personal and professional, I've, you know, had some of the best years of my lives. And even though there was a lot of bad that came out of it. I look at that time as, you know, it was a truly a blessing for me and, and many of the other friends that we've talked about who who really embrace that time together. So let's get to the let's get to the ultimate essence of what the meme lord does on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I help people make more money so they can spend more time doing the things that they love in their life, like hanging out with you, little Johnny. See, I love those descriptors. It's It gets right to the soul. It's the jugular. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? You know, man, uh, I, I actually have a quote that I like to pull out for this. It's like, I want to be happy. Yeah. You know, and, and most people are like, well, that's not the point of the exercise. And the point of the exercise, though, is what do you want? I realize now, especially having gone through my journey, that I want happiness. Success is a perspective. What I see as success is going to be different than what you see, is going to be different than what anyone else who's listening to this sees. What's great is that when we recognize that success is a perspective, and our duty on this planet is to help each other create our own versions of success. Well, that's what happiness is. That's you showing up every day in your calling, doing the things that bring you joy and make you feel successful without having anyone else's bias put on you. I think John Lennon said that. He just he was just going for that. That sounds right. Yeah. So explain to a 51-year-old guy what you do for a living. 51-year-old guy? I help entrepreneurs make more money so they can spend the time doing the things that they want to do in their life. Right on. How did the meme Lord, how did that come about? It's funny enough. I've been in sales for a little over two decades. I grew up um, as a young man in the, we'll call it the commodities relocation industry. I was able to get my hands on all the things that we should or should not have had. Um, and then going into sales legitimately, I sold insurance, I sold furniture, I've sold digital marketing, all kinds of things. And I've always loved memes personally. 
And so one of the things that I've used to set me apart from other sales professionals is using memes in my marketing and in my sales and follow-up process. And so a few years back, I was going through sort of what we'll call like a sales slump, you know, when you've been working really hard, but deals aren't closing. And I was following up with some individuals who had, you know, we had great conversation, but they just kind of disappeared. And I don't know if you've ever been in sales or dealt with that, where we'll call it going ghost on someone. And so I started sending out these funny memes, just kind of like, hey, are you good? Are you there? Is everything okay? And the memes started getting a significantly better response rate than your typical canned text message of like, hey, just following up, wanted to check in. And I thought it was crazy that this one meme started getting all of these responses. So I reached out to a friend of mine and said, hey, this is going to sound crazy and a little bit unprofessional, but like, hear me out and, and try this. So he started sending the same meme out and he's in real estate. He got a $1.8 million listing for a home, which is about a $75,000 commission from sending the meme out, following up with people. Wow. And so I just kind of chewed it on that and started thinking like, what, like what makes it so powerful? Why do we love memes so much? I mean, as humans, there's more to it than just the funny picture with the words on it. There's, there's gotta be. Yeah. So I started getting nerdy and read into the psychology of it. And memes actually comes from biology and Darwinism, which is the transfer of information between cultures. So like a meme is really if one culture has an idea and shares it with another culture and that culture adopts it and makes it their own, that's mimetic transfer that there's like this whole science behind it. So I just really, for me personally, used it in business and really leaned in on that. And because marketing is such a psychological based skill set, I've kind of tied the two together to make business owners and entrepreneurs understand that memes can also be used to make money if you're going about it in the right way. What's your favorite meme? What Because we, we're getting assailed with them, but what is your perennial, one of your favorite ones? So there is one meme in particular that I use in my sales and follow-up process that has literally made me over a million dollars in commissions deposited into my bank account. So that is my personal favorite meme. And it's Matthew Morrison from the show Glee. And he's like poking his head out from behind a set of bleachers or lockers. And it just says, you good? question mark. And I, I swear on my life that I have sent that meme thousands and thousands of times and it has made me over a million dollars in sales commissions. So take that and use it. If you're in sales and you hear this, I promise you go for it. You know, I always, I always wish that I could bring somebody back from like a hundred years ago and say, this here is a meme. What do you think? And just watch them just be like, what, what are you talking about? What is a meme? Just because what we've, cultivated in our way of communication with graphics and just the way that we convey things is like so radically different from anything that was happening. I mean, even 50 years ago, it would just blow. Well, their hold place. on. Can I, let me share something with you. This might, yeah. might tweak your melon a little bit. So let's look at a meme, right? If we look at a picture and it's just basically telling us some kind of story, I mean, you could go all the way back to cave paintings. True. Yeah. If you I walked into a cave and there's, you know, a picture of a guy chasing a thing with a spear, like that's telling you a story. And what yeah. is that telling you? Yeah. There's information. Okay. Well, maybe there's buffalo here. Maybe there's animal. Maybe there's hunting. True. May, I, yeah. And I'm thinking about, I guess, the modern incarnation, but you're right. I mean, we always have conveyed, I mean, it's the idea of like even Banksy. I mean, Banksy doesn't use words, but he all of his stuff is just a meme. It's just a simple, you know, 
collectively. A picture's worth a thousand words. So That's what it. emotion, what what words can you get someone to come out of them by sharing that picture? And what's great is from a, a marketing standpoint, when you understand who your ideal client is, right? Who do you typically do business with? Well, now you can go one step further and say, well, what are their interests? What are their hobbies? If I know that I'm looking to speak to somebody who grew up primarily in the 90s or early 2000s and their kind of hip culture, maybe I'm going to use a, a picture of a scene from the show Friends because a lot of people remember the sitcom show Friends, but the wording that I'm going to use is going to be slightly different. Yeah. So now someone who sees that image and recognizes the show, they're all of a sudden they're caught and they're like, oh, okay, well, what is this about? Yeah. They're going to read the text and they're going to start, okay, well, what's different? How does this apply to my life? Where does this fit for me? That's how humans operate. We're yeah. curious. Yeah. And we see so many advertisements every day that when we can get something that really connects with somebody and gets them like that, yeah. that pattern interrupt, that's your opportunity right there. And, and it doesn't have to just be for sales. It could be for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So who's been a hero for you in your life? I have had a lot of heroes, honestly. Um, my dad was in and out a lot of my life as a kid. So I've kind of looked to finding powerful men and learning from a lot of them along the way. Um, and so I've hired mentors. I found mentors. And, and honestly, one of my biggest heroes is my wife. Like she, she has always been there and supported me through the ups and downs and all the crazy stuff and adventures I've taken her on. And she's been right there. And like I said, we almost lost it. And to know that we still have it because we work hard on it together. She's a hero in my book. So if you could meet one person alive on the planet right now that you admire or find fascinating, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? Ooh, who would I love to meet and talk to? Tony Robbins. Okay. You know what's amazing about him is that I remember when I was a kid and they, I remember there was always like two or three commercials that will always come up. There was always a Book of Mormon that you could order. And there was always like, of course, some major product, but Tony Robbins always came up and it was the cassette tapes. And I always mm -hmm. thought it might be a fad. The whole self-improvement thing was going to kind of go away and it was going to morph into something else. And he's always stayed around and he's always been relevant. And he's always evolved and he's always, and he's still to this day is a huge motivator and a huge idol to a lot of people, which is pretty, pretty amazing to me that the, the state power of Tony Robbins is huge. You know what I really appreciate about him is his diehard commitment to changing the world and doing it by helping one person at a time change their life. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I look at it, right? You know, if we we get lucky here today, Joe, and one person hears this and they get some kind of valuable piece of information and it causes them to go out and make a different decision and live a better life because of it, then I know that this time we spent together was worth it. Yeah. And I also know that they are going to change someone else's life through the example that they set. So we're literally just creating a ripple effect. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of a ripple effect, every day you wake up and and you have you have these motivations professionally and personally. What gets you out of bed? What gets you to be you to successfully do what you do and also evolve as a human? Oh, that's such a good question. So I was actually asked this question one time, so I'm going to bring it right back to you here. If you knew that you only had 24 hours left to live, would you still trade your time for the dollar amount that you've been getting paid? No, I mean, I, the money wouldn't mean anything. So why do we still live as though we have an unlimited amount of time? Right. Yeah, I dig it. It's true.
It's totally true. I get up every day to live my life and do my best to be happy and, and fulfill on my calling and money will find its way and there will be ups and downs and all of that. But I know that if I get an opportunity to open my eyes, I'm blessed with another 18-ish hours that I'm going to stay up and work uh, to do something amazing with my life. So that's what keeps me motivated is I got an opportunity to do something great and it's my duty to do so. I think there was a Mark Wahlberg or Edward Norton movie where they had 24 hours before they were going to go into the clink and they 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 did it up. And I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but I remember they had a little window and they did all of these things in this 24 hour period, which is always just so interesting to see on film when people do that. You know, um, I, I grew well, up there's through- definitely a you could go crazy with that 24 hours. Yeah. But like, you know, realistically, we let's just be honest. Let's be good humans and understand yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. And I always think, too, about growing up watching Brewster's Millions, which is a different beast. But it's that idea of like, what yep. are you ultimately going to do? And he had approved to these people that he was going to do something worthwhile and that kind of a thing. So let me ask you this, of of all of the clients that you've had and all the work that you've done, what's been the best fan letter, best success story? Best success story. Um, I got one. So I have a friend, Dave. He and I found each other online very early in my personal development journey. I was just kind of getting started sharing my stuff online and starting my podcast. And Dave and I got connected. And he was one of those guys who just didn't have any anyone around him really supporting him and showing him love. And so we we just kind of connected because we had a good, you know, just a good vibe. And over the years, I've seen that man lose over 100 pounds. I've seen him, you know, completely rechange his life, find motivation, find, you know, just new opportunities. And I'll never forget that I got a message from him one morning that, you know, he had gone out and he had, you know, was in a pretty deep place. And he thought he was going to make that decision to end his life. And then he kind of thought back to his dog and and listened to some of my podcasts and some of the things that, you know, conversations we'd had. And he decided it wasn't worth taking his life. And so, you know, to know that Dave is out there living every day as an example of what's possible when you just make that decision to just keep going. That's the kind of stuff that I live for. I remember in my 20s, we used to all go to a coffee shop here locally and there was a dude that was there one time that um, came in and said, man, you you saved me the other night. And I was like, what are you talking about? I guess he took acid for the first time and lost his mind and harkened back to a conversation we had and it grounded him. And I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. You know, because you just don't know. I mean, you're just talking. You never know. Your thing. You just have no idea what's going to manifest. So let's let's get into the fantastical here. Let's say we get off this Zoom call. You look outside of your front window and a time machine's waiting for you. You can get in and go and see one event in human history. Where are you going? In history? Yeah. The timeline of humans. Where are you going? <clears throat> that is a tough question. If I have to just pick off the top of my head... Man, that's a hard one. You really put me on the spot with this. We go, we, we go for the cerebral. So, yeah, it could change. I like it. No, no. Let's go back to... I want to go back to the day of my birth. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I like it when people turn it into a personal thing. That's, that's, that's always cool because, yeah. Um, so, let's say, let's kind of s- stay in this realm here a little bit. You have a dream tonight. You run into the senior in high school, 18-year-old version of you, 
And you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained, the obstacles you've overcome, the success you've made. What advice you given that younger version of you? This is a two-part answer. The real answer is trust the process because that's the thing. A lot of us, we know what we need to do and we start doing it, but that we don't trust the process. So trust the process. Second part, buy Bitcoin, dummy. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Just do it. Don't question it. Do it. Just, you know, man, I, I had so many opportunities and I can think back to looking at them and just... It, hindsight's twenty twenty, and school is expensive, right? You don't know what you don't know. But uh, the, the real answer to that is trust the process because everything works out if you just trust the process. So of all the things that you've done, overcome, and become, what are you the proudest of? My son and my family. So if you made a meme about your life that would sum you up and who you are and just what what's the meme going to, what's the image and what's the word? Uh, it, it's, actually exists it's an image of me when i was fat wearing a polo and khakis and it says andrew from all state and then there's one of me in shape looking like i am feeling confident and it's drooby the meme lord i love it that's awesome so uh everyone has a perception of you family friends clients colleagues but you ultimately run the show what's your perception of you who do you think you are I am a great father, a loving husband, and a man who's called to change the world. What do you like the best about living in Dallas? Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I saw one of my favorite shows of all time there. There was a little place downtown, and I saw uh, uh, he's, a, he's an indie rock guy. He travels with Beck a lot. His name is Jason Faulkner. and. Okay. He opened up for a band called Travis, a UK band. And I, I went there in like 0304, but I really liked it down there. It was, is that where Deep Ellum is? Is that where? It, it, yeah, Deep Ellum is a great little, um, it's kind of the indie artsy area of yeah. Dallas, the downtown spot. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's a very cool area. Yeah. In fact, in the late 90s, I worked for an architectural engineering firm and I was doing a database management and started doing marketing. And I flew there. And I and I I, I landed in um, the airport there in Dallas, and the guy picked me up in the cab, and I said, "Take me to Commerce Street," and I just assumed he was going to take me to Dallas, and he took me to Fort Worth. And I'm like, "Dude, this doesn't feel right." <laughs> but you That's, know, I was on the company Texas. dollars, so I tipped the hell out of this dude. He probably was like, "Man, I need to do this more often with somebody that you know." But anyway, no, go ahead. No, that's a great point, though. The quintessential idea of Texas is like cowboy hats and cowboy boots and steer and all that. That doesn't exist in Dallas. You got to go to Fort Worth to get yeah. like the real Texas vibe. But Dallas is like the cityscape. That's the, the you know, that's business and commerce for sure. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely that one strip down in Fort Worth where all of the main businesses are. But that's that's Texas if you're going to Texas. You know, I remember, too, seeing the flag at the same height as the American flag. And I was like, I'm at a different place here. We went to some steakhouse, too. And it was kind of like an old vaudevillian place. And there was a gal that was swinging on a big swing through the middle of the place. It was like everything was just bigger and bolder. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, hey, man, if anyone wants to hire you, reach out, learn more about you, where can they go? They can go to callthedamnleads.com. We have a podcast. We have a show. We have all kinds of things. But if you want to learn more about me, how to connect with me, learn about you know sales and follow up and what we do helping entrepreneurs and small business owners, just head over to callthedamnleads.com and check us out. 
Right on. Drewby, this has been great, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Have a great year. You too, brother. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.